congestion. You're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show. Today on the Nardwar, the Human Serviette Radio Show, three interviews, encounters with queens of the Stone Age. And right there was a tiny bit of foreshadowing on which we will talk to on my second interview ever with queens of the Stone Age. That there was the Chesterfield King doing a cover of The Moving Sidewalks featuring the ZZ Top guys who contribute some guitar to a Queens of the Stone Age record. And that will be talked about on my 2005 interview with Queens of the Stone Age. Not the Chesterfield Kings, but The Moving Sidewalks. But the Chesterfield Kings do have an indirect connection to Queens of the Stone Age because they were label mates, well, at least contemporaries of the Miracle Workers from Port featuring drummer Gene Troutman, who drummed with Queens of Stone Age and the Eagles of Death Metal. Okay, to start us all right now on our Queens of the Stone Age interview quest, right now here is an interview from 2003 with the Queens of the Stone Age, followed by an interview with Queens of the Stone Age from 2005, followed by an interview from 2007 with Queens of the Stone Age on the Nardwarty Human Serviette radio show, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Who are you? I am uh, the guy that's not wearing what you're wearing. You were Josh from? Queens of the Stone Age. Queens of the Stone Age. 
Exactly. Now, Josh, a person is not here right now, Dave Grohl. And I don't want to speak about him, because everybody speaks about Queens of the Stone Age, and they talk about Dave... D uh, Dave? Yeah, Dave, Dave who? Dave Grohl. I am really excited that your drummer, the drummer you have now, played with Danzig. That's incredible. I know, you seem like a guy that's into Danzig. Totally. What can you tell the people about Danzig and Wasted Youth? The secret history of your drummer, Joey. He's incredible. He's old school. And he's new school. And shit, he didn't even go to school. And I think that's what's important here, is the not learning. And that's a good way to learn as well. Although Songs for the Deaf kind of does imply learning, doesn't it? No, not really. Well, Josh, tell me a bit more about your drummer, Joey. Tell me a bit more. Did you ever meet him when you toured with Queens years ago, like Queens and Danzig toured together? No, Queens and Danzig never toured together, but I would have... Oh, sorry, Caius and Danzig. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, <clears throat> say it, dude. Don't spray it. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, no, I didn't because it was Chuck Biscuits, actually, that was uh, in Danzig at that time. A badass drummer from Canada. And that's incredible that you mentioned that, Josh, because I was going to kick out this Canadian connection. Your sound guy, Hutch, didn't he do stuff with DOA? Yes, our, our sound man, Hutch, was the original sound man for DOA for about 10 years. And I think we're going to see some DOA guys tonight at the show. And continuing content of Canadian content, wasn't one of the first records that you bought, Josh, of Queens of the Stone Age, a DOA record? It was one, uh, bloodied but unbowed. And, and this also, you know, a certain amount of, TV in Canada has to be Canadian-related, so this does the quotient, too. Yes, I was talking about it. Now, Who would have ever thought that Queens of the Stone Age would be Canadian content? Or Yeah, and that we would have such a link back to the Great White North. But I'm a bit angry about you, though. Well, I'm, I'm a little mad about myself as well. Well, I'm mad, Josh, because, well, you love the subhumans, don't you? The wrong subhumans. Is it really the wrong subhumans? Don't you think that, that making music too territorial is a bit... I don't know, lame-ass? There's only one subhumans band, the Canadian subhumans from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And to tell you, Josh, the importance of subhumans, I'm giving you this rare subhumans poster. Yeah, yeah, Slave to My Dick. It's a great song. You see, you didn't cover Slave to My Dick, what you covered with the subhumans from England. How dare you with all those Canadian connections? Well, I, I, I didn't realize you were that fragile. Had I known that you were emotionally like this, I probably would have covered more of the English subhuman stuff. When did you get into the English sub... Wait a second! <laughs> well, you would have got me more angry by covering the English subhumans. Well, one so easily manipulated, it would have been funner if I would have done more, and that way the anger would have been a little bit larger than it is now, because I feel like it's a bit... Sort of, it's not strong enough. That's what I feel like. Well, Josh of Queens of the Stone Age, you haven't given up in Canada totally, although you don't cover the Canadian subhumans. You do have a little hutcher. You take pity on Peach. <laughs> we take pity on Peach? On Peach. What does that mean? On Peaches. You took Peaches on tour. Oh, yeah. She's the greatest of all time. Huh? Thank you for putting that down. That's worth a lot of money, actually. Yeah. And I don't want to see that on eBay either. No, and I'm, it will not be made into a giant plane because I like the subhumans from Canada as well. Josh, tell me about Peaches, getting Peaches to open for Queens of the Stone Age. That was quite an interesting gig, wasn't it? Well, you're supposed to do weird shit, right? I mean, right? Yep, get weird bands to open for you. But yeah. she's not weird, she's amazing. But some of your fans are weird. <laughs> it's not your fans I hate, it's you. No, no, sorry, the other way around. Sorry. <laughs> wow, chewing gum. Anyways, my, my point in all this is that Peaches trail the dead queens, millionaire who isn't on tonight's show because they can't get into Canada because they're from Belgium and there's some weird twists there. But millionaire and distillers and, and queens, these are good bills to go see. I like likey. What did you observe when Peaches was opening for you guys? Because I did an interview with her and she was saying there was a lot of guys going, yeah, 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 
back yelling at her. Yeah, yeah, they were like, that, they were all yelling, that's an amazingly large dildo, you know? But, so I saw a lot of dildos and a lot of, uh, a lot of hot pants. She, she's, she's, uh, she's something to behold. She'll make you stop dead in your tracks and wonder where it all, why you're doing what you're doing, why you're not doing exactly what she's doing. Well, Josh, what does it differ, touring with the distillers versus touring with peaches? Uh, I... Because there's hot pants in the distillers, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, the drummer wears them. Amazing hot pants. Andy! Yeah, a little too, little too tight, but still, you know. The, that, that brings another question. Can hot pants ever be too tight? I think you, you might know the answer to that. I don't know. I asked you. Uh, I don't know either. When Jesus was asked if he was the son of God, he replied... He replied, fuck yeah, back up. No, he replied, what do you think? <laughs> did he? Yes, he did. I thought he turned uh, like, uh, like uh, water into wine and made it snow here and made it hot down there. Josh, thanks for having another segue there. You're allowing me to talk a bit more about Canada and your experience in Calgary, Canada. Those details in Spin Magazine. I have to hold it. Yes, if you could. Is that okay? There, yeah, go ahead. What happened here? What is this story all about? Well, it's, it's about, I think it's about sodomy and about car accidents and about drinking and gambling. But it happened in Canada in the early days of, was it of Caius or Queens of the Stone Age. What was going on here? And what was going on there with Nick? Well, as you can see right here, Nick's genitals are covered by a mirror. And, and that actually happened here in Canada. Can we please get the Coles Notes version of the story? All right, you want, you want the quick version. All right, uh, we were driving through Canada and we spun out. And we were surprised that we didn't lose our lives since there was a big kind of embankment that was really steep. And so uh, I got into some sort of uh, gambling match at a bar where I won a bunch of money. And Nick picked up this girl. But the, the only problem here is that the checkerboards were actually way bigger. It was like one big, <laughs> one black side, one white side. This was in Moose Jaw. Well, uh, yeah, the, this, the first part of it's in Moose Jaw. And actually, they got it wrong. The other part was in Calgary, I think. And, uh... Calgary is actually where Backstage Sluts Volume 2, starring Nashville Pussy, actually was set. Oh, yeah, wow. Just thought I'd throw that in there, there Josh, oh, Queens yeah. of Stone Age. But uh, back to the story, just after a little interlude there, a little wank stop. Yeah, yeah, nothing like a little wank stop. Um, and so then when, uh, when Nick met this girl, I think he felt really drunk and rewarded at the same time. And so then he hid it in the bushes, and he taxed that ass and then tried to run and leave her there in the bushes. But the other part is that he, he couldn't get in, and so I was sitting there with the key going, flick, flick, hmm, should I let you in? And the panic, it was like trying to get out of the water when there's a great white shark, I'm told. And there it is, that's it. And I think it's incredible. Congratulations, that story did all these years later at services in Spin Magazine. Props to Canada, props to Canada. And they're not gonna blame Canada anymore, are they? Well, what about blaming Melissa Oftemauer, another Canadian connection, Melissa Oftemauer, a whole, what's the connection between her and Queens at a Stone Age? <laughs> Jesus Christ, I should move here, huh? I think you should, Melissa, how does Melissa fit in? You got any rooms at your place? Um, no, but I could probably find some. Fantastic. I'm moving in. Good. Thank you. Thank no problem here. I enjoyed it very much. 11 years in the rock game, touring really hard. You are really good with that mic there, Josh. Thank you very much. Now, Melissa, what's the connection with you guys and Melissa Oftemauer? <laughs> really, is that the way to pronounce it here? Melissa Oftemauer. Oh, sorry about the spit. I did have some apple juice before, so my vet breath shouldn't be that bad. Well, it smells like the ass of an apple. But anyways... 
coming from you. I'll take that as a compliment. It is. Okay, so Melissa Oftemar. Uh, I've known her for years. I don't, I don't even remember where we met. Did you bond with her the same way Billy Corgan bonded with her? Wow, what does that mean? Over their Piscean, Piscean birth date. No, we met around the hole, so to speak, when she was in the hole. And uh, she had some really good tunes, and she was working with my friend Chris Goss, and so I did stuff and things, and, and it's a cool record. Josh of Queens of the Stone Age, you've been spotted. Thank you. You've been spotted in Seattle shopping. Really? Where? Somebody spotted you in the Bon Marche, and you know what you were shopping for? Uh, Dick. No, a vegetable steamer for your mom. Really? When was that? I guess it was a few years ago. What do you remember about buying a vegetable steamer? You were scared what I was going to come with that, weren't you? I thought you were going to come everywhere with that, but yeah. you did, and that was great. You didn't, no, I didn't. And you didn't come in the steamer, which is important for me. Vegetable steamer for your mom. That's very nice at the Bon Marche. People wouldn't think you'd be doing that. People think you'd be buying drug oh, paraphernalia no, no, no. or something. Yeah, no, no, yeah, I did. I bought, I bought my mom a steamer. for It was for around a Christmas thing, I think. Josh of Queens of Stone Age, have you ever been fooled at all? Winding up here, have you ever been fooled? Like, has your band ever been fooled? Uh... Like I don't know why. What do you got? Well, fooled into doing gigs. For instance, the band Creed. Is it true you guys opened for Creed but didn't even know you were opening for Creed? No. I thought that was true. Don't deny it. Like, didn't you open for some band and then found out that you were opening for that band and felt so depressed you ended up doing Blow just to lessen the blow? Oh, no, no. That was Godsmack. What's huh? the story behind that? We were in, uh, we were in Texas playing a, a spring break show, and then this was before kind of Godsmack became whatever it is they are now. And uh, we realized they were playing, and so I just said, I have laryngitis. And then I think we went and did a bunch of blow. I can't really remember even. Uh, but you'd never heard them before? No. Now, what sort of management decision is that? Let's name names. Who screwed you up there, Josh? I think it was your dad and mom that were managing us at that time. Ba-boom! Ba-bang! Well, they must have been doing a good job, because around that time, you guys made it to Rio! No, no, no. You got it all wrong, dude. You need to call your folks more. Oh, sorry. It was the next record that we went to Rio. You went to Rio with Maiden! Timeline? What the fuck? Well, I do not have Flash on my webpage, so I can't look at your timeline too well. Oh, okay. Sorry, stop okay. discriminating against me. But Rio, Iron Maiden, I mean, that is a dream come true. You don't discriminate against the plaid just because it's stacked. That's the, what the lesson for today is. All right, oh, oh, Maiden and Rio. Basically, we wanted to go to Rio because we want to see butts and things like that and go to Samba's. Apple butts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and go to Samba. Just call me Apple Butt. Nerdward a human Apple Butt. Thank yeah. you. We wanted to go check Apple Ass and look at Samba schools and stuff like that. And, uh, and so we, the guy said, you're playing with Maiden. And we said, but we don't want to. And he said, you're heavy metal. And then we said... You're ass butts. And then we said... Rock on. Exactly. And we, he wouldn't believe that we weren't heavy metal. So we went there and got spit on, but we went and got to do everything we were supposed to do other than music. How many people were you playing to? Because that's incredible, with Maiden. Because I don't want to say that Caius were metal. You were kind of joke metal, eh? <laughs> anyway, we went, we went there and it was 250,000 people. So it wouldn't matter if 10,000 people liked you. If 240,000 people didn't, they'd still want to just strangle the plaid off you. Is that your ultimate mental experience? Like, or have you ever played with Venom or anybody like that? Like Maiden in Rio, is that the ultimate? No, I've always... I've, I've never been into Maiden. I don't really give a shit. But still, the metal lifestyle. You know, metal, man-o-war, all that sort of stuff. Wasp. Dude, how? 
Why? I mean, just you've been on the fringes of that for years and just wondering if you've ever, ever had experiences like that. No, I mean, uh, uh, that's how you look at it, but I look at it like the last segment of Black Flag was sort of like weird jazz, heavy, weird shit, desert stuff. And so I always took it more that way, but maybe you're in a maiden. I don't know. No, Josh, you didn't take my bait. Congratulations, you win! You are not metal at heart! And this is my hypothesis here. What do you I don't get? No, what you get is a chance to champion Tom Selleck. You love Tom Selleck. Screw Maiden. Love Tom Selleck, right? <laughs> Tom Selleck is number one. Let's never forget that. Number one. Mag- Magnum. Magnum. My mom just saw an episode. Speaking of my mom today, she'd never seen before. Oh, an episode she never saw. I was yeah. going to say, everyone's seen Magnum P.I. TC, Rick. What are the dogs' names? Tom- I don't know. I don't ever watch it. I don't either, actually. But, Josh, what can you say, though? Tom Selleck, why is Tom Selleck better than Iron Maiden? Lastly here, Josh. It's the mustache, dude. Hello. But come on, there's some good mustaches in the Maiden, and there's some good mustaches in Metal. I mean, in Lemmy, too. Well, yeah, but Lemmy's not Metal. Lemmy crosses beyond the Valley of Punk and Metal. He's in that no-man's land where you're just badass, and you walk alone with the white boots and the... Any Lemmy story for us winding up here, Josh, just lastly? Any Lemmy story? You know, because I was trying to do that. Ah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean that. Is spitting a Canadian tradition, too? Well, it's not hurting the people watching. All right, good, yeah. It's only hurting you, sorry. I, I have a great uh, Lemmy story that I'll keep to myself. Sorry. Well, thanks so much, Josh. Keep on rocking in the free world and do do the loot do Do stuff. Do-do-do. You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and... 
Again, the Nardward Human Serviette Radio Show, and you just heard the Miracle Workers featuring Gene Troutman on drums. And you're going to learn all about Gene Troutman in this next interview. You just also heard an interview with the Queens of Stone Age from 2003. You're going to learn a bit more about Gene Troutman from Queens of Stone Age slash Eagles of Death Metal. And this next interview with Queens of the Stone Age from 2005. And then after that, a interview, a brand new interview from 2007 with Queens of the Stone Age. So here is Josh Hom, Queens of the Stone Age in the year 2005 AD. Who are you? I'm Joshua. Who are you? I am Nardward, a human serviette. Josh, Queens of the Stone Age. Yes, I am. Josh, Queens of the Stone Age, you might remember me as the guy whose breath, quote, smells like the ass of a Apple. But today you seem fresh, dude. Are you ready? You were ready today. I've been drinking water. Thank God. Well, water's good for you, man. So, Josh, why do my clothes make you puke? No, no, I didn't say they made me puke. Is that, is that what I said exactly? Yes, you did. No, 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 I didn't say that. What I said is the plaid on plaid that you're supposed to know better. And then, and then I said, uh, I know I'm not Elsa Clinch because see, look how I'm dressed. I it's, thought that... it's, not, it's not like I'm doing anything special either. And I love the way you said Elsa Clinch. I had no idea who that was. And you made me do the work and find out that Elsa Clinch was... Dude, she's like a CNN style girl or something. She's, she's, a, she's an old school style girl. I mean, that was a great reference to drop on much music to the kids. Dude, if, if I got you, that was a good one. Elsa Clinch, you learned me on Elsa Clinch. Finally, dude, that's it. That's the only thing. It's like, it's great that on a music show I got you on a style girl. What's wrong? Josh, Queens of the Stone Age, I was confused, though, because you have a song called Tangled Up in Plaid. Yeah, well, I didn't say I didn't like it. I just, I'm not so sure if you should do plaid on plaid on plaid. That's what I was saying. But you know who else does that? Dave Ketching. You know Dave Ketching, right? Uh, no, I do not. Please inform me. But you know who he is, right? No, I do not. He's been in the, er- he's in the Earthlings. He's playing in Eagles of Death Metal. He was in Queens. Uh, and he's got like a snowhawk. He's about 40 years old, and he's got this kind of baby Huey snowhawk. But he'll do plaid bell bottoms with a different plaid top. It's just gutsy. That's what it is. So this does not make you puke, then? No, it doesn't make me puke. It just it tells me you got big balls of steel. Thank you very much, Josh of Queens of the... You Stone Age. Josh, Queens of the Stone Age. Your song, Burn the... Witch. Burn the Witch. That's very garagey. Did you know that? What the song is? Yeah, I think it's really garage rock. I think it's kind of bluesy. It's it's to me, it's like uh, blues that ain't retro. It's blues that's sort of nowish. Well, I find it very garagey, and I think that's a thread of your new album, much garage rock. For instance, you have Billy Gibbons on your new record. Yeah, but is he garagey? Oh, is he garagey? Check this out. This is his first band right here. I better know what it's called. The Moving Sidewalks. The Moving Sidewalks. I'm uh, right today. I'm doing good today. Known for their song, 99th? I don't know. Floor. So I was wondering, this is Billy Gibbons' first band. Which one is Billy Gibbons? He worked with you. Can you explain a bit about this? I think that's Gibbons right there. So you were aware of his early rock and roll. So this is the garage connection. And and actually, let's lean up against the wall because this kind of makes us look cool for a second. But uh, um, Thanks. I need all the help I can get. So do I, dude. This This ain't easy. Um... He, he was so into Rocky Erickson and the 13th floor elevators that moving sidewalks, and I just remembered the 99th floor. That's, they're all tips, tips of the hat to, uh, to Rocky Erickson and the elevators. 
So you have Burn the Witch, you have Billy Gibbons, and also Josh of Queens of the Stone Age. You, a long time ago, had Gene... Gene Trauman. Gene Trauman, and he used to play in a garage band too, The Miracle... Workers. This is like match game. Well, it's also really garagey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they're a badass garage band. They were out of Portland, Oregon. Yeah, they were. That's true. Courtney Love was a big fan. Oh, gross. And you were Josh of Queens of Stone Age, but it doesn't end there. Recently, or I think this past Halloween, did you play with Garage Rockers the... Oh, the Cramps, man. What was that like, playing with the Cramps? Dude, I've loved that band. The, in the first five records I got, Off the Bone was one of them, with the, with the 3D cover, you know? And, um, and I just love the Cramps. I love what they stand for, too, because so much of their stuff is covers as well. And so they're helping to, to bring to light bands and, and performers that you wouldn't have known, like Hassel Atkins. And, I mean, the list goes on. Do you know about that uh, comp? Uh, Songs song? the, ta- the Cramps taught us. Yeah, they're awesome, like all the original versions, you know, that you guys should go get, you know. And you guys played with them. Was this Halloween? Did you headline? What was it like playing with them? Because it was like Queens of the Stone Age and the Cramps together. Dude, I was, that's one of the few times I've ever been in total awe where I was just like, oh. Shit. Because I just love that band. I, I, they're still so vital uh, because they've been playing since, you know, 76. And, and to, to be more vital now more than ever, it seems for me, um, is really cool. And, and they've been doing, they've been headlining at the Warfield in San Francisco for 15 years. It was the first year in 15 years. So I was internally beating off. Also. What did they think of you guys? Did they actually check you guys out? Because I think you are garagey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did, man. They're, they're great people, you know. And, uh, and actually, the next year, Eagles of Death Metal opened for them at the Warfields on Halloween. So it was a double Halloween. Josh of Queens of the Stone Age, it's interesting. The Cramps are getting up during age, aren't they? Yeah, but you know what? They... they tear it up and throw their body on their bodies, their collective body on the line harder than most of these bands do today. It was unbelievable to watch Lux break like five mic stands, have the mic in his mouth while he took a, a broken wine bottle and he, he grabbed his pants and went I mean he could have cut his balls off. And to watch them tear it up like that and just throw it all on the line, it was like it made me, I had my notepad out, and I was hoping a bunch of other people did too. And you have much appreciation for older people and older women, don't you there, Josh, of Queens of the Stone Age? Older women, yeah. Like your most recent promo picks. Who's that older lady in the promo pick? Yeah, I hit it. Big deal. Who is that woman in that promo pick? That's a friend of the photographers, and uh, I think... Maybe you could explain it to people. Well, we, we didn't have a bass player at the time, so we thought it might be cool if we had... This, uh, this, this granny and us, and we're all playing bass. So that's what we did. I'm kind of angry because a few newspapers have cropped her out. Have you noticed that? No, really? Yeah, there was a review of one of your gigs, and they cropped her out. Yeah, the, how dare they? What, don't they have senior appreciation? What's wrong with the newspaper? That's why I don't read. Well, I think you should probably learn about how to take a promo pic, Josh, because if you put her in the middle, they wouldn't have been able to crop her out so much. You put her on the edge. Dude, yeah, that's true. You know, you learn something new. But, but hold on, back up, dude. That, we're almost going to make out. Uh, or we can. Um, no, we can. But I, I, that's something I should do. I should, next, time, next time I need an old woman, I'm going to shove her in the middle like I usually do. Josh, you are from the band Queens of the... Brown Age. 
Brown Age. And let's go back. Let's go way, way, way back. What can you tell me, if you could hold this for a second, about this photo right here, Josh? You're, you're amazing. This, what is this? This is a photo of you in grade three in Mrs. Yegi's class. Yeah, that is. And uh, that's Anna Marie, Anna Marie Frost right next to me. I went, I went out with her for a second. I think this not, is... Not the, not the teacher, the Anna Marie. I think this is a great photo. Like, look at that wristband you're wearing. Dude, I know. That, that, that's the thing is I've always dressed the, same, the way I dress now. So... And look at that hair. That's total rock hair as well. Dude, I, you know, I wasn't in Scaba the Hut. I've always been doing this. Scaba the Hut? That's an allusion to the bravery of the killers, isn't it? It's one, I don't know. It was one of them that was in some sort of, like, had doo-doo braids or something. Yeah, like, what's wrong with ska anyways? I love ska. No, I do too. I'm just saying I've always been in a rock band. And you look damn cool. It pains me to say this, but back then it looked like you could kick my ass, and you look pretty damn cool there, Josh. Well, I was never a bully. I, even if you were rocking the plaid on plaid on plaid, I would have been like, what's up? Can you explain a bit more about this Daniel Boone you're reading and you're drawing dinosaurs? No, I think that dinosaur was already drawn. But yeah, I'm drawing on something, yeah. I don't know, Daniel Boone? This is pretty cool. Yeah, I think it's a great picture. And this is from Palm Desert, right? This is you in grade three and Mrs. Yegi's class. Yeah, what I like is that how I don't like talking about my personal life, but you got it up here on screen. Sorry, it's just from the yearbook. Yeah, it is. It's from the yearbook. Okay, well now, drop that if you'd like, Josh, Queens of the... This is, this is actually me in the fifth grade. I was wearing all brown. <laughs> Ba-boom! Ba-bang. Josh, from Queens of the Stone Age, yep. I was curious, how tough is Sharon Osbourne? Uh, I don't know. Have I wrestled her or something? No, how tough is she? Because you were saying you went on OzFest and she was pretty tough. I was just curious, the behind-the-scenes Sharon Osbourne that people maybe don't get a chance to see. No, I mean, she was always sweet to me, but they kind of treat you like dirt on that festival, you know? It's like, and it, and it wasn't actually in reference to me, it was... Uh, that the guys at work all day, you know, that, that put up all the rigging and stuff, you'd go in to eat and it would just be like dog food. And I always felt like, God, man, these guys are, they're here at 6 in the morning and they're leaving at like 2 at night. And I was like, you know, some water and, a, uh, and maybe a salad. Josh of Queens of the Stone Age, you've done much recording, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Much. Much recording. You're always in the studio. Who have you run into? Didn't you guys run into Christina Aguilera, and as a result, Dave Grohl was linked to Christina Aguilera? Yeah, that's funny, too. That. Yeah, she was, uh, she always had these bottles of Cristal champagne, and, the like, five cases. I don't know if it was cases. It would be, like, five, somewhere between 5 and 12 a day. And she would leave at, like, 8 o'clock, and we'd just nerp the rest and drink them. I'm not so into champagne, but... That stuff's all right. And she was linked to Dave Grohl. There was a rumor that Dave Grohl was going out with her, wasn't it? You started that, didn't you, Josh? Yeah, I did, like, the Kevin Bacon thing. And you know what she did that was funny one day? She was talking on the phone. She started getting pissed off. And then I'm walking through this uh, little area where there's trees and stuff, and I heard a cell phone ringing, and I stopped, and I looked this way. I looked this way, and then I look up, and she had thrown her cell phone in the trees. So now, you know, like, some of the trees can make a call. Ba-boom! What do these people think about you when they see you, Josh? Like, do they know you from the Stone Age? Does she know that? I don't know. I don't know. Is she into rock? That's a good question. Josh, also, Rob Halford, wasn't he hanging around a studio as well? Like, who has been hanging around studios that you've bumped into? Christina Aguilera, Rob Halford, anybody else? 
Well, you know, that's part of the that's part of the interesting part. It, it depends on what studio you go to. I normally go to a studio where there's only one other room, and so there's only the chance to see or be around one other band. And that was uh, where Rob Halford was, and he was a great guy. It was just that all came about by just talking and hanging loose, you know. He has a dungeon. Wow. He really has a dungeon in Phoenix. Dude, do you want to go there? I'd love to go there. Pansy Division have actually been to the dungeon. I don't, I don't doubt it for a second. I was wondering. Well, you know, yeah, a, a, a good dungeon is, is hard to do nowadays, so hats off. Josh of Queens of the Stone Age, winding up here, feel-good hit of the... Uh, summer. Was that really used by the police? Yeah, 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 but... Because um... there's some controversy about the song, and then the police end up using the song. I don't mean the band either. Well, Nick and I got... And a little trouble, and so for uh, in separate matters, and we used it as community service to, to, for the San Diego police. It was to discuss drunk driving, you know, to the kids, and so they played that tune. So to me, that that was punk rock, right? It was because it was like infiltration, you know. Winding up here, I want to ask you about other members of your band. This is indirectly related to a member of your band who's not here. This right here is a picture of... Isn't that Darby? This is a picture of the lead singer of Wasted Youth. Oh, and your drummer... Oh, yeah, Joey Castillo was, was in Wasted Youth. Was in Wasted Youth. What can you say about Wasted Youth and your drummer? I mean, look at this, the, the roots of Queens of Stone Age here. Well, uh, this guy, Steve Bush, is actually really cool and used to write for High Times and has written all kinds of stuff. And I guess if it was Darby, the teeth would be worse. Um, but what, what was the question Well, again? just like your drummer for your band was in this band, Wasted Youth. I mean, you have a lot of punk rock cred coming along there. Well, you know, yeah, yeah yes. I mean, because that is pretty the wildest pretty punk photo I've seen in a long time. Did you ever see Wasted Youth? You know what? I never did get to see them. Uh... But I have, uh, I have a couple records. You know, because for me, I'm only 31. So really the tail end of stuff that, were, that I consider to be punk rock was the time frame I was in, you know. Um, winding up here, Josh, of Queens of the Stone Age, when you're in Caius, your ex-member of Caius, Jean Garcia, said, people came to see us fight more than to see us play. Well, in the beginning, when we first started playing outside of the desert, you know, we were just... 16 and 17 years old and it's at that time when you're angry and you don't even know why i think it has something to do with just like you're like my body damn it everything do you remember the incident with tsol at all it was actually it wasn't with tsol it was with uh um the joy killer when they when they were first getting together it was at a place called bogarts and uh i can't i don't they know shut off the pa on you or something i mean you guys kept going and fighting the sound man yeah it was it was at this time when we were we really didn't want to take any shit, and we were sort of angry and angsty, teen angsty. And uh, they shut off the PA and the monitors, and then they came on stage and tried to get us to stop. I mean, what would you do? You yeah. can't stop Caius, can you? Uh, not that way. No, you couldn't. So it, has, didn't, well, it didn't turn out too good. Has anybody tried to stop Queens of the Stone Age similarly, or was that a one-off incident? It'll never happen again. No, I mean, things are different now, you know. Be you know fighting stupid, you know, and trying to be a tough guy stupid. Lastly, here, Josh, do you know the name Jeff Hickey at all? Uber roadie Jeff Hickey. <laughs> yeah, I do. He's got three balls. He really does, doesn't he? Yeah. He, the the first day I met him, he was. Uh, he goes, hey, I'm Jeff, and uh, if you're ever in a bar and you want to make a bar bet for drinks, uh, you know, I have three balls and I'm willing to show them. And I was like, I'll talk to you later. 
but it was like deformed matter or something. Like, it's like one deformed ball, right? Like two real ones and one deformed one. Dude, your guess is as good as mine because I never got the, the chance or the challenge to see him. No, he's the ultimate roadie. I think he did stuff with you guys, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he wrote, he wrote it for us for a little bit. So what's it like when you have a roadie and he's on an airplane and he tries to score drugs from the stewardess? While, while half being passed out pinching his nipple? It's bizarre. Like, do you get a bit scared about what did I do hiring this guy? You know what, though? At the time, um, we were trying to get drugs from the captain. So it was like, <laughs> you know, what do you do? You know? It was, it was at a strange time when we were... Uh, uh, we're trying to figure it all out, you know. Josh, do you still collect corks? Yeah, yeah. I have an enormous cork. How many do you have now? Baboom. I don't want to see your cork either. Really, you can win a bet with it. How uh, many do you have? Because you really do collect corks. Yeah, I have about 7,000 or something. 7 or 8,000. I don't know. That's a big variance, Seven, eight thousand. 8,000. So, like, somewhere between 7,000 and 7,020. Did you really meet Frank Zappa, Josh? No, I didn't. But Alan Johannes played with him. And, and Alan is, you got to meet Alan. I mean, this is incredible, Josh. You have members of Wasted Youth's band, members of Frank Zappa's band, member of proto-metal band 11 as well. Well, the same people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so actually, yeah, you just get the, you get a lot covered by getting those guys in the band. Well, you know, try to find the best people you can to play with, and, and that way you, you can suck, and they're really good, and it makes you look good. And that's why you had to take the family tree down on the website, right? Was this getting too big? It was like family forest. It was getting a little bit, um, we, we did some deforestation. Josh, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Listen to this man. He knows stuff that you don't. And if you listen to him, you'll know stuff you didn't know before. Well, thank you very much, Josh. That's very nice of you. It's true, man. Well, keep on rocking in the free world, and do 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 Stop till they're fighting. You're gonna beat us up. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Yes. I don't care. Kill, steal, fight to get it. I don't care if I die. Gotta have it to survive. You're still listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and the Nardwarta Human Serviette Radio Show. And you just heard Wasted Youth with We're on Heroin from the Eastern Front 
compilation album, which will be and was discussed, will be discussed in this upcoming interview with Queens of the Stone Age from 2007 and was kind of mentioned in the interview you just heard with Queens of the Stone Age from 2005. And if you tuned in way, way, way back, you'd an interview with Queens of the Stone Age from 2003. Wasted Youth, of course, features Joey Castillo, who plays drums for Queens of the Stone Age, although he didn't, pati- didn't appear on that particular track. So, right now here from the year 2007 an interview, another interview from 2007 because we went from 2003 to 2005 to 2007 with Josh and Queens of the Stone Age Who are you? And why are we here? <laughs> Who are you? Uh, I'm, uh, I'm um, the clown prince of Queens of the Stone Age This is. And who are you though? Well, when I'm Joshua and Joshua, who'd you have beside you? Uh, this is uh, the Gondola Prince of Venice. This is Troy Van Leeuwen. Hello. And I- this is the sexy Mexi, uh, who also owns all of Europe. I do. I do. Joey from? Uh, Europe. Oh. Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, that's, that's right. Queens of the Stone Age. That's right. That's right. That's why are we us. here. Oh, wow. And right off the bat, I want to say to you guys, I want to produce a little item here and say, does it all go back to this right here, Josh? Does it all go back to this record right here? Yeah, this is the first punk rock record I ever got, yeah. And how does this relate to everything, Joey? Oh, that's my first band, Wasted Youth, right there on that record. How's that? (laughs) And so the first punk rock record you ever buy, it ends up a future bandmate is on? Yeah, that's weird. That's almost like, uh, that's kind of like incestuous and kind of gooey, I think. Mm. Were you on this particular recording? No, right after. And at this particular time, Troy, what were you doing? I think I was probably in my bedroom not doing my homework, learning how to play guitar somewhere. His brother had this record, and he was listening to it yeah, through the he wall. he used to beat me with, you know, with that record. Yeah, Josh, <laughs> could you tell me a bit more the importance of the Eastern Front? I mean, this is the Rosetta Stone. This is the blueprint for Queens of the Stone Age. This is the, the ooprint, yeah. Well, um, I, I got, I, at the time, I was only uh, 10 years old, and... And um, it had a Japanese flag on it, so I thought that was kind of cool. Hasoi. Yeah. Hasoi, you know. And Hasoi was always into meth, so I, th- I thought he was cool, too. <laughs> <laughs> so from punk rock all the way to Tupac. Tu- tu- Tupac. Well, that's, for me, tu- tu- Tupac is just having two beers. It's a Tupac. Uh, how about you, Joey? Uh, no, I don't drink anymore. Tupac, Troy? Well, I would say there's a Shakur in there somewhere, but the Tupac beer with the actual thing hanging off the belt. Oh, the helmet. Yeah. The Tupac. Helmet. Or you could do that too with the straw. Yeah. That's very Canadian. I, that's I'm poser not, sort of thing. Totally <laughs> take off a... Which you've been experiencing the last couple days, haven't you? Can I sure. do my Canadian accent? Yes, please go ahead. Uh, very good. These guys, we, we took our snowshoes down to Tuk Tuk. It was great. Hey, you know, the thing about hockey is, is that um, everyone's there and they're all playing along together and it's great. Where did that come from, Josh? And who is that? Uh, that is Hutch's uncle. And I'm just trying because I really like Canada. Hutch, who was the sound technician for? Exactly. DOA. We've got you all lined up here. But let's go back to Tupac. Let's leave Canada for a second. Because there is a connection between Tupac and Queens of the Stone Age recordings, isn't there? That's a- no, but you're going to tell me why that's true, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to tell me, Josh, about the Tupac snare sound. Oh, oh, well, yeah, actually, that's true. That's true. Um, California knows how to party, 
which is what Dr. Dre produced that song, uh, is actually a Joe Cocker song called Woman to Woman, which already sounds good to me. And it just so happens that that snare sound is the snare sound I use whenever we produce records. And obviously, you didn't know that, Joey, or did you? I actually did. I so actually did. You just say Tupac. Yeah, it it's kind of scary and, so, and yeah. sexy. Yeah. It's kind of kind of a weird kind of a way to step into it yeah. about because, the snare. Well, for you guys, when I think of Tupac, I just think Queens of the Stone Age. Like, when you think of you know Tupac, what? you don't think of that. You think of a beer in Canada. Yeah. I think of Queens of the Stone Age when I think of Tupac. But, you know, I, I know that a lot. Of, you say Tupac, and a lot of people do immediately go right to Queens. And, and uh, I think that's awesome. Now, venturing deeper into the sound of Queens of the Stone Age, I wanted to give you this, Josh, and Queens of the Stone Age, this gift. This is a poster of the legendary band, the... Sonics. From Tacoma, Washington. Now, the Sonics had a great sound, didn't they? They're from the 1960s. Oh, such an amazing sound, such a raw, uh, open, great sound. A snare drum sound. Yeah, in fact, the witch. The The best snare drum sound ever. Pretty much. Next to the It's awesome. uh, and you use it quite a bit. Did you reference that in Queens of the Stone Age? Is it more of an Eagles of Death Metal type thing? Uh, uh, like a, a little bit for both. I mean, both that Joe Cocker snare and the Sonic stuff. Uh, you just listen to it again. Use it as a reference point to uh, to know that if you're close to that, then you're already standing in the cool pool, which feels mm. good on the skin. Now, this original poster is for you guys, but if you look closely, what's interesting, the Sonics from 1960s, and look where they're playing, Victoria and Nanaimo, British Columbia, Canada. That's awesome. Now, isn't that what this Queens of the Stone Age tour is all about? You're going to places where you haven't played before? Yeah, we've been to London, um, Saskatoon, I believe. Saskatoon. We were supposed to go to Regina, I believe, but we were supposed to hit Regina. And you've had some interesting experiences there before, haven't you, Josh? Yeah, one time a guy with a... um, a binky in his mouth, but he was like 18 and he had a binky because he thought it looked cool. I think it was a rave culture thing. One time he tried to pick a fight. Um, a binky is like a dummy, a sucker oh, okay. for babies, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? It's actually one of our buddies' ex girlfriend's name, too. Binky, yeah. That's a cute name for a girl. So Regina equals binky, Tupac equals Queens of the Stone Age, the Sonics equal good snare sound. That is such a cool poster. And look, like, they don't even say with hits, like, they're just like Louie Louie, the witch. Yeah, and they played, right. they spelt it wrong too, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, $2. Yeah. It's like $2. Psycho. Have there been misspellings of Queens of the Stone Age stuff, or like songs have been misspelled and stuff like that, or have been billed wrong? Well, uh, I don't, you, you asked me right away, you know, you've seen my last name. There's more vowels in a row than anybody's ever seen in one last name. So it always gets spelled wrong. But that's just my own personal yeah, there's anger. A, but there's a fundamental misspelling of the word Stone Age. It, it ends up being stonage. Mm-hmm. I think people think that it also has a lot to do with the bronzage and the ironage. The ironage. Yeah. yeah. Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> Joey. Yes. Troy. Josh. Yes. Is it true you guys had a midget chucked at you? Yeah, it is true. And can I tell you something about Vancouver, Nardware? Mm. Can I? Yes? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I saw a pregnant midget yesterday. Which I did not do. And then uh, huh. I also saw today at Stanley Park a midget getting on the back of a motorcycle. And it looks so cool. So I think Victoria has the most. Victoria, or, you know, the, Vancouver in particular has the most. Midgets. 
around Canada. And have they been checked on stage? I heard that you had a midget checked up on stage. Yeah, but it was Germany, so there's a law there that you have to have one midget per tour. It's either that or hot cheese. Yeah. Hot cheese. Hot cheese soup. Are you familiar with your label mates on Universal? Who? Who that? Like you have, uh, not Tupac, but another sort of rapper, the guy that sings the hooks. His name is A. B. C. No, A. Ka. (laughs) A. Ka. Akon? Akon. Akon is on your record label. Is he a midget? No, but Akon picked up a fan and chucked him oh, in the no, audience. Oh, yeah. He saw it on YouTube. And then he, and then he, <laughs> oh, really? And then he dry humped a, like a 16-year-old. <laughs> That's him up over his head <laughs> and wow. tossed him into the audience. Wow, wow. I mean, was it, but was it a nice we, thing or was it a mean thing? Uh, what The fan had chucked something at him, so then Akon invited the ch- fan up on stage <laughs> and said, Hello! <laughs> so what I was wondering is, has something like that happened with Queens of Stone Age? Have you ever chucked somebody into the audience after inviting them up on stage? Well, not after the invitation. I mean, we don't really invite too many people on stage. I, I, may, I, may, have, I may have chucked some uninvited guests on stage. Yeah. In what instance was that? Uh, France. Uh... France. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like this move. Douche. Yeah. It was, uh, oh, well, of Stooges, uh, yeah. France, Florida. Um, <laughs> And Belgium, and, and, and one time in oh, Germany. I'm sorry. Well, they were, I'm sorry. They were all sort of like uh, in front of cameras like this, too, so it's documented. Yeah. It I'm really happened. So, I'm really sorry. <laughs> what did they do? What does it take to get chucked in the audience, Akon style, by Queens of the Stone Age? Um, well, I mean, uh, much. Is not very cool. Yeah, yeah. uninvited. See, we don't recommend you get on stage. We want you to yeah. do whatever you want, but let us do our thing. You remember when uh, uh, a guy got on stage to go after Mick Jagger and Keith Richards just totally douched him with his guitar? Like, we come from that school where it's like, someone's on stage, we don't know what they're going to do, it's dangerous. And so, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fight or flight, it's out of fear. <laughs> but it's not a feeling of your security, like, what about Hutch? What the hell is Hutch doing? Hutch is in the house, you know, dialing. Yeah. Hutch smokes weed, so he doesn't really care what happens. He's always like, dude, what's up? Sounds rad. Queens of the Stone Age, I have a quote for you. Hi, we're Megadeth. <laughs> that sucks for them. Where did that happen? Oh, wait, did I say that? Yes. I thought Josh said that at CBGB's. Is that true? Oh, I would... CBGB's. Oh, dude, oh, you, you're so crazy, dude. <laughs> I did say that at CBGB's. I, was, I said, hey, we're Megadeth. And everyone was like, yeah, what? <laughs> I, was, I, I, used to, I would used to drink a lot. Because that's what I was wondering. How far can you push it? You know, you can say, hi, we're Megadeth. Have you gotten trouble for impersonating other bands? Uh, no, I mean, mostly... Well, um, or should we say, have you been insulted by anything Josh has said, Troy? <laughs> on a daily basis. Yeah, you hear the like, have you had to do any retractions on stage? He calls us the... Worst names all day long. But how about to the but audience? Have you apologized to the audience for Josh? It's really, no, no, no. It's nothing like that. It's the tone of voice is very calm and collected when he calls me a stupid motherfucker. No, I no. never call you that. I That's know, not true. We all uh, love each other so hard I, that I've, we, I've, I've, I've tasted hurl insults constantly with the most love and care. Yeah, well, I mean, you pick on the people you love, you know, because it's, it's fun. It's like, you know, oh, you bad baby. Has Josh been wearing a lot of plaid? No, no. Because but I've, I've seen pictures of you wearing plaid on plaid, and you're mad that I'm wearing the plaid on plaid often. <laughs> no, I'm like never. You haven't complained once. No, I'm never no, mad about plaid. No, plaid. I mean, Has Josh weird plaid on plaid? 
I don't recall. Not on plaid, but plaid. Yeah, I think we all kind of wear plaid. I think you said like a plaid patch or and, something. And plaid's, plaid's my favorite color. That's what I was wondering. I was hoping for a retraction, maybe. <laughs> well, no, no, I love plaid. I, and you and Dave Ketching are the only two guys that can rock the plaid on plaid. Why? Did I say something about plaid on plaid? Uh, just occasionally mention you're not the biggest fan of plaid. And I've seen, no, I've pl- seen Josh wearing the plaid. Plaid's my favorite color. I love it. Back to CBGB's for a moment. What was it like playing? Did you get a chance to meet Hilly? Because him having recently passed away, did you have any good Hilly incidences? Did you check the graffiti in the washrooms? I did. The first gig I ever played in New York was at CBGB's, and I was 18, and um, we had this van, and it used to be a nice van, so it had a TV that didn't work that had gum stuck to the screen all over it, and... And about two minutes before we hit the stage, junkies broke in and stole my leather, uh, acoustic, an acoustic guitar, and this TV. And so my friend, Wes, who was the tour manager, and I are chasing these junkies down the street. And my friend, Wes, can actually throw a knife, and it can stick in the wall, right? So he takes this knife out and throws it. He's so mad. And it lands on the street and goes, skids to a halt. And this, this junkie girl stops, turns around, picks it up, and runs off. And we were both like... <laughs> And that was it. That's my CB story. How about you? Yeah, my first gig in New York, too. Same thing. 17. CBs. How about the graffiti at CBGBs? Did you notice any of the graffiti? I noticed there was a lot of it. I mean, I never really took the time to read all of it. Because there's a book of all about CBGB's graffiti. Have you seen that? I haven't. Like, there's I an haven't. entire book all on CBGB's graffiti. I believe. Which is really neat, which makes me think about the secret wall tattoos. Yeah, it's an important facet to any life. What is the connection between CBGB's graffiti and the secret wall tattoos? What are the secret wall tattoos? Well, secret wall tattoos are time-released anarchy art. And, for example, a secret wall tattoo would be if you took this, this whole piece, not the posters, but this down, that there would be art behind it. And hotels, not me, but people I know... That married Take, couple that you yeah. met in uh, Boise. Boise. Mm-hmm. Across the nation. Yeah. Um, some people I know go to hotels, take down the, the boring artwork, and make their own artwork, and then rehang the artwork. So some guy named Ed who's redecorating one day is going to take it down and oh, have shit. a big, big fat surprise Is it possible that Josh helped develop this, Joey? I take the fifth. But how about this, Joey? How- I just took a fifth, too. It was rad. <laughs> Well, it's time for Troy to... I'm going to say I'm going to plead the fifth. But we're in Canada, though. That doesn't work here. Oh, I know, but it's smuggled. Have you actually found the secret wall tattoos in a hotel just by looking for them? No, not not yet, because um, it hasn't reached that sort of happy VD status where it's everywhere, you know? So right now, it's just, like, kind of contained. Speaking of VD status, have you seen Josh naked at all? Uh, Today? Just at any time. No, Brody's in town, so no. Troy? I would say I've seen him in his, like, underoos. You know, like, the dun da dun Josh, have you seen yourself naked on stage ever? Um, Perhaps when you're playing drums with Eagles, Eagles of Death Metal? Yeah, I, I flashed my dick, I think. Oh, because I was wearing a dress, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I flashed my dick on stage. And yeah. Now, how did that happen? You were I wearing... Mean, my genitalia. Sorry, it's TV. No, did you know that you were flashing it? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, 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 I knew. I knew what I was doing. I, I'm, I'm sort of a nature boy. No, not, not like a superhero, but I'm, I like nature. Josh, I want to ask you quickly about Eagles of Death Metal and Jesse. Did you rescue him from McDonald's hell? Like, there's some story of, like, hamburger patties <laughs> falling from the roof. What is that? Uh, no, Je- Jesse was managing the 
the porn section of a local video store, <laughs> and uh, yeah, while writing speeches for Sonny Bono. Yeah, he exactly. was. He was. I had a confirmation of that, by the way. I didn't believe him at first, but no, he's a great. He's a great speechwriter. I mean, I think the the constant moan of porn in the background really helped to develop his Republican speechwriting skills. And so you walked into his porn store. I thought you walked in McDonald's and hamburger patties were falling off the roof because you guys had chucked them just as he was getting fired. No, no, he. Um, uh, he, he weaves a delicate web of lies. <laughs> and then he was also a valet parker for a while, and he was holding down both jobs. And he had more of a beard and less of a stash, although the stash was still prominent, so I don't want to let anybody down. It was still big. And, um, yeah, he just recently got a divorce, and it was time for him to rock, pull him out of the black hole of, uh, of beard land and into mustache town. Troy of Queens of the Stone Age. I'd like to ask you about corn. Are you really a cornster? Did you play in corn? No, no, that's a total lie. I remixed and <laughs> did some remixes of their music, but I did not work with them, no. No, what's wrong with liking corn? Uh, I don't have a problem with them, I just... Because I have an association with corn. Do you? Uh, you're creamed right now? <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Sweet. No, in one of their videos for Twisted Transistor, there's a guy... In Remember, that's the video where all the rappers impersonate them. The interviewer is played by a guy wearing a tartan hat, and he gets slapped. And I apparently was the inspiration for that. <laughs> so what I'm saying is we're coming together under the corn thing. I like yeah. that. Like, you know, I end up on the Wikipedia page, too, you know, so now we're getting teased. Do you get teased a lot by that, you know, the no. Troy corn? Because no, we don't know a I, lot about you, you know, Troy. I was thinking. I, <laughs> I like to disprove that. A way to start with also, that. I like to disprove that I work with Limp Biscuit too. That's just a farce. He was, I mean, I... With Snake Plissken. It was... You know, another situation where I played stuff on a computer and, and tuned vocals. That was a very big... Yeah, he was an assistant engineer, so he had to fix vocals. You had no say whether the name should be removed. No. <laughs> and Joey, we think of Tupac, we think of... Our snare drum. Yeah, Queens of the Stone Age. Yes, of course. So when I think of Fleetwood Mac, I think of... Cocaine. No, well, there is that story, the cocaine up the... Oh. Uh, oh, yeah, up the, the taint, or the, I mean the hole. Because she snorted so much up the yeah. nose, eventually the only place that she could do it was up the... What they, what they yeah, say is great. powdering the taint donut. When I think of Fleetwood Mac, though, I think of... Cocaine. No, it's using this formula, Tupac equals... Snare drum. Equals... Queens of the Stone Age. We just so Fleetwood Mac equals... Cocaine. No! <laughs> no, Troy, Fleetwood Mac uh, equals... I'm going to say rumors. Sound City. That's what it equals. No, Tupac equals snare drums for Queens. Queens. So Fleetwood Mac equals cocaine. No, Fleet. Look, what is the formula there? If A equals B, B equals C, A equals oh, oh, oh. Kevin Bacon. Getting close. Getting close. Queens of the Stone Age. Tupac go together. Uh, oh, wait, wait. Dirty Mac. Fleetwood Mac. We dirty Mac'd somebody. With Keith Richards. Right. That band wasn't Dirty Mac, the band that he was in with all those guys, and he bashed people. No. Tupac know. equals Queens of the Stone Age, so Fleetwood Mac equal. must equal, must equal Queen. Queens of the... Of the... Uh, Buckingham. Queens of the Stone Age. You have Fleetwood Mac symbols. I do. I thought you had some Fleetwood Mac symbols. I did. In Modern Drummer magazine, during oh, an interview. No, no, no. We used his... He had a... This tech friend of ours had... A symbol of his that was this is the best part about it that it that nobody makes anymore it was like his pride in this and i cracked it 
right. So you, we did Dirty Mac was right then what I said. Yeah. But there we go. Tupac, Queens of the Stone Age, Fleetwood Mac. When I think of Fleetwood Mac, I think of cocaine. No, I think. I, Oh, 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 this is simple, simple, simple. I think of Queens of the Stone Age. Now, there's some other members of Queens of the Stone Age that aren't around here right now, and there's some that played on last tours and stuff. One person that I don't know about in the Queens of the Stone Age is Natasha. I don't know too much about her. She was, uh, um, um, she's... Well, what I was trying to say is, remember the Melvins? Uh, yeah. And who did they have play bass for them for a long time? They had, they had Shirley Temples. Oh, yeah, that's right. That Shirley Temple's daughter played for the Melvins. Yeah. And you guys were up on stage when you had Natasha in the band with somebody who had appeared on... Uh, 2010. 10. The Space World Jump yeah. Jump Fest. And also, I right. think... No, I think there was a Miami Vice episode. Yes, Miami Vice and Hill Street Blues. And I have the Miami Vice theme song on as my ringtone, so you should call me. Is it on right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jan Hammer. Thank you. No, no, I'm not tired. I, uh, I feel good. <laughs> so, winding up here with Queens of Stone Age, Natasha, Hill Street Blues, Miami Vice. There's also, who is Dan Druff? A uh, good friend of ours. And what does Dan Druff do with Queens of Stone Age? Like, there's all these people that I don't know. Thank you. <laughs> Dan Druff played in a band called Cat Butt. He was the singer. I thought he was in Butt Trumpet. Butt Trumpet, sorry. That's Butt Trumpet. He, he famously quit on stage... And at Seabees. At Seabees and walked out famously and, and had a cab of, waiting. Yeah, in front of like a bunch of like A&R types, you know, that were really interested it was, in butt it was Trump. Their big, it was their big gig and they were about to get signed and Dan turned to the rest of the band, gave him the finger and jumped in the audience and then got in a cab and took off. I think they actually did get signed to Butt Trumpet because they were like the example of like the insaneness of the Seattle signing flurry, wasn't it? That Butt Trumpet got signed. Wow, really? Because they were L.A. Flurry. L.A. band. L.A. L.A. band. I heard like the, you know, the general Seattle, you know, oh. like the post-Nirvana, you know. The, the, the happy hysteria as opposed to the modern hysteria now. I was going to say it's more like a blizzard than a flurry, but a Ooh. Mick flurry could yeah. work too. Blizzard. Queens of the Stone Age, you've had some experiences with the white... Winged dove. No, the white wedding. Oh, oh yeah. him. The white wedding guy. Yeah, Billy Idol. Now, what I find is interesting is Billy Idol will not be in a band unless anybody in the band is shorter than him. Wow, so we can't be... So what I was wondering is, would you allow anybody bigger than you to be in the band? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might take a while. I might have to go, go into the NBA and look. that's what I was wondering. Like, you guys must have been present at a few Queens of the Stone Age editions, eh? Mm-hmm. You know, like going through the people to go on tour to new guys. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. so, like, like, totally, like, light them up. Yeah. Them up. Oh, no, no, there was a lineup like this, but there was more of a swinging light bulb. So, the, the, like, the height thing here of Queens yeah. of the Stone Age, have you seen people rejected because they're taller? No, but I do know that there is a certain... Height preference. Yeah, well, we go through a lot of rejection here at Queens Corp. He's much shorter than Josh. Thanks. <laughs> well, it does fit the Billy Idol thing. Did you hear that about Billy Idol? He only have, because remember his guitarist Steve Stevens, who I think you bear a remarkable resemblance to. Uh, my nose is not as big as though. Sounds hairspray. But everybody is shorter than him. And now we move from Billy Idol to Huey Lewis. Yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Then we're talking, eh? Now oh. you've been doing some. What's been going on with Huey Lewis on this tour? Uh, part of my, uh, I, I like to do some different improv stuff and some songs. Not comedy, although sometimes it turns out to be funny. And sometimes I use, uh, I want a new drug and feel good hit of the summer. Yeah. So I got this one right away. This is a, 
Plus, Huey Lewis is uh, supposed to be the most well-hung man in rock, so yeah. that's cool, too. Because I love Big Cock. Here we have... With, here we have... Yeah, he loves golf. And also, one of our uh, favorite movies, American Psycho, really reveres and, and sort of oh. psychoanalyzes yeah. Huey Lewis's albums. Queens of the Stone Age. Yes. You guys have a song called I'm a... Robot. I'm a da... It's not I'm a, it's just I'm designer. I'm designer. No, I was wondering. Not because there's a different connotation if I'm a designer or just I'm designer. Does it have a chorus that kind of goes, you know it's all right, you know it's all right. I don't know. Do you, do you hear that? Do I hear that? What am I hearing if I hear that? You know it's all right. You know it's Dread all right. Zeppelin. Yes, that's what I was wondering. Have people compared you guys to Dread Zeppelin? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, what, what? I loved Dread Zeppelin. I still do not listen to them. We, we are exploring we're, more of our they, dub reggae Except side, though, I would say. Yeah. Were they really good? I've never, I never really heard them, you know? Well, they were kind of in that lead, league of, like, Mojo Nixon and stuff yeah. like that. You know, I kind of considered them San Diego, which is kind of near the desert and stuff. And so I was wondering, Josh, football, you were a footballer, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, I played, I, I, yeah, I did. And what was it like being a footballer? How would have Josh done at football? Kicked ass. Yeah, he would have whooped ass. I, I, it was, you know, when you're a teenager and you're angry and you don't know why, it was really great to be able to take out your frustrations and not get in trouble for one moment. Did any of your football teammates go on to anything besides yourself? <laughs> they all went on to become me. But you actually went we, to school with yeah, yeah, yeahs, didn't you, Josh, from Queens of the Stone Age? No, no, no. What's no. the connection between Josh and the yeah, yeah, yeahs? Uh... The word yeah. Uh, he says it a lot. Connection between you went to school with a yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I did with Ahmad, yeah. Ahmad Wasaf, yeah, yeah, who plays yeah, extra yeah, yeah. guitar in a yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, extra guitar. <laughs> it's like he's, well, he's like, not in the promo photos. No, I know. He's sort of like gum. He's like the dude in corn behind the amps? No. Corn <laughs> <laughs> behind the curtain, yeah. Or yeah. The drummer yeah, yeah. for Kiss underneath the stage. Or, or the other singer. Or, the, or for... the tape that Ozzy Osbourne uses. <laughs> yeah. Or... Or the guitar tech for system of a... Down what? syndrome. That pushes the pedals on the fretboard. Oh. Thing or whatever, or that, that board. Really? Yeah, have you seen really? it? Really? Yeah, as a guy to push the pedals, because there's so many. Yeah, and, and plus uh -huh. that's hard to push the pedals, isn't it? <laughs> uh, winding up your Queens of Stone Age, right over here, Josh, we have SNFU, yeah. a Canadian punk band. He was backstage, Chai Pig, at your last Vancouver gig. He was yeah. there. Yeah, I know. He was there. He's yep. a friend of Hutch's. And I, I thought that was really interesting. He's a great. He was a really cool guy. Likes to drinkies like we do. Thanks so much, Queens of the Stone Age. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Remember, kids, Nardwar knows more about rock than you, and it's a good thing. So keep your lessons and study. Well, thanks for the kind words, Josh, from the Queens of the Stone Age and the rest of the Queens of the Stone Age. And doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Doo-doo.
Time. Staring together. Yeah. 